determination is in your head. I've never really been afraid of anything. I mean, I was, so it's hard for me to say, but I never compare myself. I look at someone and say, I can't, my horses don't ride like that. Then I'm going, I'm not that. I am me. Be yourself. And then you're not intimidated in my books. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Small Business Roundup. I'm Chris. I'm your host. Sitting next to my beautiful wife, Joe. Hey everyone. We also have Benjamin Stutman here with us, along with CJ and Jason. They're out with Perry Quarter Horses, and we're here for the weekend. We're going to do a photography retreat here. It's a day before everybody shows up, and I got a question on Tutorial Tuesday, which prompted this special edition of the Small Business Roundup. I'm going to read you the question, and then we're going to have a group discussion. How would you deal with feeling detached from your photography? I often feel like there's no point expanding my craft because there are so many huge, amazing Western brand photographers out there. I feel intimidated. Any idea how to get past comparing myself to others? Now, we started, we're, we're actually sitting in CJ and Jason's living quarters, which is like sitting in the Hilton. And, and I'm being honest about that because it's very nice. But uh, myself and Joe and Ben have been sitting out here talking about this question. And I sent a text over to CJ and Jason and said, you guys need to get out here because we're having a great discussion about this. Um, I want to go ahead and just throw this out there to the group that this question doesn't only have to do with photography. It can be anything in life, especially if what we do for a living is pretty much our life, like Joe and I, photography and dog training, it's our life. It's kind of who we are and it's what we do. And it's honestly why we started the small business roundup. Now we were talking about this question just a second ago and Joe said, all right, you just need to start recording. So Jason, I'm going to throw it over to you. You were talking about this specific thing. And I, and I had said, you know, regardless of photography, why do you continue to show? Why do you continue to develop horses? There's so many other people that show there's, you don't always get first when you go out and show, take it away. Well, the main thing that I see is that why I keep doing it because they all, they, everybody started where I started at the bottom. No one was at the top. The heart, the heart is the main thing to me. Um, you've got to, for me, that if you look at who's on top, you have to realize that they were on bottom at one time too. They did, they worked on their heart, their heart led them to be on the top. I think that's very valid. And just a little bit of background for those that don't know Jason, um, and this is CJ, by the way, he has been training horses for over 30 years, um, but picked up a new sport about five years ago. So he's been at the bottom a couple more than once and worked his way up. And so when he talks about the heart, I mean, the true feeling of, a, of letting your heart lead you, he truly knows 
about what that feels like being on both the top and the bottom and then the bottom, you know, the bottom, then the top and then the bottom again and having to work his way up and learn new things and keep driving and keep pushing. CJ, can you describe the showing that Jason does? Absolutely. So we do, um, we do reined cow horse and we actually breed, raise and train our own horses um, for all the events that Jason's competed in. Um, but specifically, he fell in love with Range Cow Horse about a decade ago. When I met him, he was really training horses for those events, but not showing in it because he just didn't have um, his heart maybe fully developed yet. And he needed somebody like me that's, you know, the pusher. I'm the good pusher, <laughs> the positive pusher um, to say, you know what? These horses are nice. It's time to hit the show pin. And there's been, you know, I hate. I hate the phrase fake it till you make it, but Rain to Cow Horse is the event. Uh, it's very difficult. It's three events, raining, um, herd work, which is cut, essentially cutting, and then going down the fence, which is like the extreme jump out of the airplane, parachute may or may not open, like the third event, the final event in that in that three, three set. And it's hard. I mean, it's, it is the difficult creme de la creme western horse event in this day and age i i just have to pick up on fake it till you make it uh i too i i hate that saying it's to me from the photography side of things it's easier to adapt to that because you really don't have to prove anything it i would just my own opinion it's harder to adapt that to um horse riding because a look in photography, I, I've always said this. In fact, I even said it just a few seconds ago um, when, when I, I had posted a question on Instagram for Tutorial Tuesday. Don't use subjectivity as an excuse for ignorance. And I feel like a lot of people take on that quote, not to get off our topic, but I feel like a lot of people take on that quote and use that as an excuse for ignorance that just because I don't know all the rules doesn't make me bad well it it's not an excuse and joe wants to weigh in yeah. here so i'm gonna pass over to her you know i i'm just touching on that and then i'm gonna come back to a couple of things that um that jason said i don't use fake it until you make it because you can see how uh people struggle through that and then People are mean in general and and you get called out on stuff. And, and I like to say, own it until you make it because you can own the failures. You can own the, you know, the learning curve. You can own everything and you will make it if you can own that. And um, there's a lot of fake garbage out there and a lot of pretend stuff. And so that to me, it's it's about owning it until you make it and and you will. And it's about manifesting and, and bringing it forward. And, and, you know, touching on this stuff about, you know, I think this is a personal thing. And I think when we get to, you know, Ben talking, we'll get to a little bit more of the analytical stuff. But, you know, I, I have been a dog trainer for 25 years and there's not a lot of people that could out train or out behavior modify in dogs. And, and, you know, you can throw any excuse at me and the dog is not who we think they are, but I'm starting a new journey in the stock dog world and we're a, a big train wreck right now. And so, you know, we're starting at the bottom. We're starting at ground zero 
and I'm just owning, you know, I'm a stock dog trainer and I have goals and we're going to own it until I make it there. And, um, it may take me 12 dogs later to get there, but it's, um, I think it's important to have the heart to want to do it. I think it's the heart to say, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing because this is my journey. This is my goal. This is what I want to do. And as a dog trainer and being successful at a dog training business, uh, like I have been, I don't look at other people and go, I want to be like them. It's that I want my business to be successful. I want my, you know, I want to earn we're still not there yet, but a million dollars in dog training. And I, you know, I, that's what I want. And if I compare and keep comparing myself to other people, I'm never going to get there because there's always somebody better than me. But if I look at people and say, I like that dog or, you know, with Jason, I like the way that horse moves. How can I get there? Not, I can't get there because that horse is better or that dog is better or that photograph is better or I don't have the contact. I mean, you come up with every excuse, but if your heart isn't in it, then you probably shouldn't be doing it because your heart's always there if you'll just listen to it and, and believe in it. And so I think owning it until you make it is a better statement to it. I 100% agree with that. I'm, I wish I had thought of that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's so true with so many things. I'm thinking about photography because I, I so badly want to be a photographer, the world's best photographer, the world's best mom, the world's best equestrian. And the good thing about me personally, I've been very lucky to have never completely lost my heart or my focus. I've just had to push through and, and go out and find my true self again. And, and there is always going to be somebody that's way better than me. And, and watching Jason go on, on the journey he's, he's on, he knows, but he's the kind of person when he talks about heart, like this man is made of heart. Like that's what he has going for him as a major, you know, personality bonus. But he looks, he'll watch all the, you know, all the classes before his class and he picks out the guys that he thinks are amazing or he likes the way their horse does something. And he's not, you know, intimidated by them. I mean, maybe he is a little bit, but, but in a good way and he'll go find them and chat with them and ask to come work with them and, or ask, you know, like what kind of cues are you using to get your horse to turn around a little faster or stop a little harder or, you know what I mean? And so every show is, is a learning experience for him. Like he comes back, he comes home from horse shows, like just exhausted. So I, I like that. I like what you said, Joe. Are you on to me? Jason. So I think the first thing is we're all looking for rules that make up things in the industries that we're all in, whether that's horse training, photography, dog training, anything and so the answer to that is the rules were never there until somebody wrote them anyway and to make up those rules somebody had to figure it out or make it up to begin with and so who's to say that we can't go ahead and make new rules adjust as time goes on and we learn new things but i think at the heart of anything of anybody who wants to be high caliber in anything they do is understanding the technique and the bare basics 
of it, whether that's photography or like what CJ just touched on, you know, technique in terms of how does somebody in the show pen make their horse turn a little bit faster? What are the cues? What is, what is the bare basic techniques that they're doing to get this result that maybe I don't know or I can rearrange the equation of, of how I'm asking or whatever else the case is? How have you found better efficiency so that I can perform at a, at a level that you're finding higher than what I'm currently attaining? And so understanding your craft and understanding your industry are two separate pieces to the puzzle because understanding craft versus understanding industry are two different things. And in the conversation earlier, we touched on politics being involved in, in horse showing and everything else. And that's something that I've seen in my life and whatnot, because I used to go back and show in, in Kentucky on the circuits there. And I stopped because I was too far away from it to understand the politics as they changed year for year, trends as they changed year for year. And going back to one show a year for me just wasn't beneficial because I was too far out of the loop, right? Now, I could have dedicated myself more and spent more time there, 2,000 miles away from home, absolutely. But now I'm neglecting everything else over here. So you've got to balance out too, you know, what does real life dictate? And what do your goals dictate? And what is it that you can find true balance in, right? And if, if you're running a business and those kinds of things and, and what's profitable for you and, and what's not, and what's really paying the bills versus not, how do you adjust to your industry? And then you can still know your craft because the industry will always evolve and change as, as different trends are changing, et cetera. But to touch back on the heart piece and the fake it as you make it piece, I think a lot of people choose to fake it as you make it because there's not a ton of places to find the resources to get the answers that you need until you get out in front of people, until you're there with people that are doing and getting these kind of results that you want. You can't Google that. There's no, you know, 10 steps to go ahead and get your dog to do X, you know, or 10 steps to get your horse to turn on a pivot on, on the inside leg on, on X or 10 steps to get you a, a perfect uh, uh, photograph on X, no matter what you're lighting. There's so many variables to things. And the true thing of knowing your craft is knowing all the techniques and knowing all the technical side of it so you can adjust to what the real variables are in life. And that's the same in your personal life or business life or anything else. When it comes to the heart piece of it, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a mental toughness in my opinion. It's a, it's a it's a drive piece in your opinion, and it's a want piece in your opinion. And if you create a scenario in your life where if you don't succeed or you're not moving farther, meaning you're not going to pay the bills if you're not paying attention, then you're going to get a quick reprimand about why you're looking at the wrong information because all of a sudden you're not getting a payout or you're not getting clients or whatever else. In a capitalistic market, it's it's an aggressive world because you've got to be on top of all these different factions and factors, and one thing affects the other, and it's a wicked bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Period. End of story. No matter what industry you're in, it's a wicked bitch. Some evolve faster than others, some evolve slower than others, and some just go ahead and turn around on a dime. And if your head isn't in the game, not just with knowing your craft, but also knowing your industry and trying to absorb every single piece of information you can. If you're not going to be a lifelong learner, you're going to fail. The moment you say you know it all or you're God's gift to something, you're done. 
the moment that confidence creeps up, victory defeats you. And you can see that across all industries, all walks of life, all different types of factions. And if you're not constantly innovating and bringing creativity into your industry, no matter what it is, whether it's horse training or restaurants or dog training or photography or anything, even though photography may be more artistic and leans a little more on the creative aspect, if you have a new way to shoot and a new idea, you may be five, six years before it's really popular on a real basis. However, if you can marry that with what people want today as a consumer, which is at the end of the day what pays the bills, which gets you on to the next shoot, which gets you in front of people, because that's the biggest key. It doesn't matter what you can do. It doesn't matter if you're the best piano player in the world or you can cook the best or you can make the best horse, but if nobody sees it, nobody knows. doesn't matter. So now you're just secluded. And the only person who knows that is you. And if you're secluded, you're probably really not competitive either. And so how do you marry these things and how do you have vision for the future? And even how can you shape other people's vision of the future based on what you're bringing to the table of what you to go, you know, maybe what I'm bringing in, I think is really cool. It's not really catching on right now, but I think this is someplace that the industry that I'm in is gonna go. So how, how is this, how can I marry this in? So when it finally goes there, I'm, I'm right here with it. And I think that's where the fake it, where you make it thing comes in in so many different industries. Now, when it comes to like self-help and stuff like that, yeah, there's tons of people that fake it when you make it and they ruin all sorts of people's lives because people buy into shit left and right. There's, you know, bad advice is abound and, and people that just go ahead and have no real weight for what their impact will have on other people. They just spew anything out there. And it's wrong. It's just plain and simple wrong. And we live in a world that's no longer black and white. We live in a world where gray left 10 years ago. And so how, how do you adjust for all these different spectrums? But there's still common themes across all the spectrums. And that is know your technique, know your craft, never stop learning. Never stop looking for the next best thing and continue to push, 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 push through any adversity. You know, a lot of people hate him right now because of his standings and some of the things that he says. One of one of my favorite quotes is Jeff Bezos says, always be in growth mode. And I think that's a great thing to, to say. If you can tell yourself, am I being in growth mode right now or am I not? It's a yes or no question. If the answer is no and stop doing whatever the hell you're doing and get back into growth mode. And if that means that you're not doing anything that you would deem productive or profitable or anything like that, but it means you have to go back to the research space and learn and absorb and then find the data to adjust, then that is still growth mode. It's part of the mode. It is not a one-step decision like what the world wants us to be. It is a process. And that's what so many people in an iPhone world forget. Thank you, Benjamin. Jason. Yes. 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 Want to want to talk to you real quick on on the second part of this question that we got, and that is, you know, how do I get over feeling intimidated? 
how about you just life in general um growing up on the ranch growing up on the farm getting into horse showing not to mention you know breeding training riding how do you get over being intimidated well there's a poem out there the man in the glass every morning when i look at myself in the mirror i like it or i don't if i don't like it i change Every morning, it will tell you if you're fake or if you're real. And it's out there. I don't know who wrote it, but it's a great poem. But I fought through a lot of that. Um, The breeding from where we came to where we are now is unbelievable. Um, I bred for ranch horses now we're breeding for ranch and performance horses which that really trade i mean that's a big deal for us i think the intimidation thing you've used as a as a tool and as a motivator if you you're the kind of person that if you feel intimidated by something it means you don't yet know as much about something as you want to know and you end up using that as fuel. If people kind of makes me intimidated or whatever, to me, it makes me feel like that they're afraid of what I'm doing. So I must be doing something right. So I, when I have, when I start feeling people think I'm, you know, I'm intimidated by them, it just feels me like CJ said, I mean, that is my drive. I drive for, I want people to be intimidated. I just do because that makes me really strive that I'm getting my heart, my body, my life in order. Who intimidated you? <laughs> Jason is sitting on the couch with his with his mouth open, kind of laughing. CJ just <laughs> let off a whistle like, whoa, that is a hell of a question. Are you wanting him to name? No, no, I, I'm not looking. I'm not looking to, you know, throw anybody under the bus. It's more of a, a philosophical question. Who intimidated you? Life, life in general, horses. It didn't matter. I mean, I when I started, I took out the rankest ones. Not by choice necessarily. But that's, I wanted that challenge. I never backed down. So. Um, intimidation i mean everybody out there that's above me but i also realized that they were intimidated once too by someone so if they can get there who says you can't it's in your mind to me if you if you felt that was your choice doesn't matter it kind of goes into animals to me if animals fail I failed. It's all me. I think, you know, Jason and I have a lot in common as far as the animal world. And I had a horse trainer on the ground, you know, ask me to race him. And I don't, I don't really on the ground running, not my thing, but I raced him and my heart wasn't in it. And he didn't really intimidate me. I just didn't really care if I won or not. So I, I didn't care. 
And so it was a big lesson because he then took me and asked me to go outside where nobody was. And he proceeded to try and berate me and try and intimidate me. And it just really didn't work because I really don't care. Um, and I discovered at that point that I was intimidating to him because I wasn't going to play his game. And um, he he continued to try and and then he got even more angry because I, it didn't really impact me. So I think that in the animal world uh, in general, I think, you know, you, the animals teach you a lot about yourself. Um, and I think that photography can teach you a lot about yourself. I think your kids can teach you a lot about yourself. I think, you know, doing a business like restaurant, uh, the restaurant industry like Ben can teach you a lot about yourself more than what the actual business is. And so, you know, I think that as business owners and the people that are successful, I think it, you have to get to the point where life intimidates you because the photograph can't intimidate you anymore. The horse can't intimidate you anymore. But what the horse brings to the round pen can intimidate you. What your children bring through those doors can intimidate you. Um, you know, what what the next photographer or somebody beats you down or somebody says that you're not following the rules of photography can beat you down or, you know, somebody doesn't like your food can beat you down. So I think that's a great statement of life. If when you can get to the point that life intimidates you, then the little things within that life are you can overcome them fairly quickly or in a in a pretty powerful way. That sounds like a personal growth thing to me. I love that. It, it does. How about you, CJ? What intimidates you? Whew, or who? I, I'm very happy to say that I am intimidated almost by everyone in some way or another. I, I am a, I'm good at many things, but I feel like I'm a master of, of none. And I want to be better at so many things. So, I mean, I'm, I'm intimidated by your photography. I'm intimidated by Jason's ability with horses. I, you know, it, it, I use that kind of thing as, as drive. So I'm, you know, I have so many brilliant friends. I've been very blessed to have surrounded myself with so many cool people that I, I feel like I'm at school every day in some way, shape or form. And, and I love the people that come to me that are like, you know what, CJ, you're really good at, at running Jason's horse business, right? Like you're really good at showing the horses for who they are and, and, you know, taking, you know, Jason's sharp edges. I take them down, you know, take them down a notch or matching people with horses or doing some things that, that I'm good at. And, and more, mine is more intuition. I think my, the things that I'm, good at. I just, I follow what my intuition and my heart tell me. So, you know, as far as intimidation goes, I, I'm okay with being intimidated by people because that just means I, I am going to strive to be, yeah, be, be better and, and let it make me strong and help it make me strong. It's such a great point. When we were out today, um, today being Wednesday, tomorrow, everybody starts showing up for the photography retreat 
and you know laying out the foundation for the learning experience that people will get to go through this weekend yeah of course we'll have ranch life going on we'll have western life going on all this good stuff but there's you know you always i always need to take a day um, to lay that groundwork out you know the journey that i'm going to take the participants on so part of that was going over to the guest house where everybody's going to be staying. I've never been there before. So now I have to show up to a place I've never been and figure it out. That that can be intimidating. It's not it's not as intimidating as it used to be, you know, when I first started out. Um, you said CJ that you you work on your intuition, you work on your heart. And that's what I'm doing in that house is is I'm looking for where's the light coming from, number one. And then number two, what do I like? What feels good in here to me? And that's going to be different for everybody, but I need to find where the light's coming from. I need to find uh, what feels good after that. And as we walked around, we found a place that, oh, you know, Jason, he, he said, you're lucky the building is still up. As it turns out, this particular building um, is a treasure trove of, of just terrible goodness all around. It was just fantastic for lighting and everything. But these are, this is learning in photography. This is learning to trust yourself. Trust what you see, number one. We, going back to what Ben was talking about, you know, when we were talking about fake it till you make it, you can't fake not having skill. You can talk about it and never do it and then be put in the situation where you have to do it and fall on your face. And this comes out after doing it over and over and over. And then you let your intuition take over and you say, Jason, hey, will you will you come sit on this, you know, hantavirus infected stool next to this window? And uh, and he did. And there's the great light and there's all kinds of just terrible goodness around him. And this is it. This is what I'm seeing in my mind's eye. And everybody gets a good laugh out of it. And then we move on to the next building. But the point being, you do in anything that we do, whether that's, um, you know, training and raising your horses or the dogs or being in the restaurant business or you know, running, running the ranch or a photographer, you do it for so long that these skills become intuitive and you learn to follow your gut more than anything. Ben, I want you to go back to the conversation about excuses. Okay. We were talking about this before we started podcasting and it's a, to me, it's a level of accountability that there's always there's always the niceties that we can build you up, we can encourage you, we can even show you how to take a picture. But then there's accountability, and accountability is something that nobody can hide from. And if you don't have it, you can step out of the game. When it comes to excuses, I think there's three categories that you can put any kind of excuse in. One is going to be a life choice category that is not really an excuse. The second is a time constraint category. And the third is an identif 
identity crisis and confidence crisis category. Let's say that you run a call center and you want your call center to be the most competitive call center that there is. And let's say that you also enjoy the country life. So you want to live in the middle of nowhere in whatever state you live in. Now, there's a couple of things that are going to come with that. One is you're definitely going to have the same kind of infrastructure that there is in a big city. You're not going to have the amount of phone lines, you're not going to have the amount of internet capacity, all sorts of things. So you're never going to be able to run the same number of calls per capita, basically, at any given time that someplace in a city would be. So if you're saying that I'm not the number one call center because of that, that's due to a life choice because you want to go ahead and build your business in a rural area that doesn't have the same kind of infrastructure. So potentially you're going to have a longer road to get to the top to prove yourself through data and performance than somebody who lives in the city who can get in front of a million people a day and let's say you can only get in front of 250,000 people a day. Your turnaround time and the number of people that you turn around and whatever product, collection, whatever it is, is not going to be the same as somebody who can get in front of a million people a day. It's just a numbers game. It's just math. A lot of people make excuses because they go, well, why can't I be this? I'm working so hard and everything else. And guess what? Living in a rural community, it is harder work. It does take more to go ahead and be competitive at all in your industry, especially when you have travel time or you have infrastructure issues or you have whatever it is. But that's not much, so much an excuse as it is a lifestyle choice. And that's one of the parameters that you put yourself into. It may not be something you thought about at the time when you started it, but it's still something that affects you in your overall judgment performance, meaning how are they comparing your business or what you're doing to what everybody else is doing. And to put this in example, you know, if, if you're training horses in Kansas like Jason, you're not in the hot spot of the United States like Texas. So you don't have a show around every corner. When I was showing horses in the early 2000s, I was having to truck back to Kentucky. I live in Utah. I was only going back there once a year for about two weeks. And anybody who leaves their house knows that when you're gone for more than 10 days, that's a long damn time to be gone. All sorts of stuff happens. So it is hard to be compared in the same valuation chart as somebody else who lives in the heart of it. But that's your lifestyle choice. It's not an excuse as why you're there. But a lot of people peg it up to that and then use it as fuel to the other two category of excuses. The second category of excuses I would make is time-wise. I'll do that Monday. <clears throat> I'm going to enjoy my weekend. I'm tired. I don't want to do it right now. Right? Look at all the stuff I just got done today. I'll just do it tomorrow. And the list always continues to build, especially when you're self-employed or you're doing something for yourself or you're chasing a dream or whatever the scenario is. The list always continues to build whether you want it to or not. And I believe that the rule of five, which tons of people talk about, eliminate almost that entire category, which is if it takes less than five minutes, 
with the exception of books or paperwork or taxes, which unfortunately don't, but we have the lovely federal government to thank for that. You can eliminate almost that entire category. If it takes less than five minutes, I'm not going to put it off. I'm just going to do it now. And then the third category of excuses is I'm not good enough. How? Why? I'm just little old me. You know, how am I supposed to jump up to this level of, of this, whatever? And that is people that make excuses of I'm not going to go. I'm not going to put in for this award. I'm not going to put in for this show. I'm not going to put in for this competition. I'm not going to put in for this kind of advertisement, right? Because they don't believe that they're truly competitive in the market. And 90% of the time it's because these people have never competed. They have no feedback on that competition value. They don't even know where they stand in the people that go to compete. So once again, we bring the numbers game back up and go, okay, out of 20 people, my first time out, I rank 15th. Is it the first that I want to be? No. But am I the bottom of the barrel? No. So I've been doing something right. I don't know what it is for sure, but I've been doing something right. So why did I beat these people in my opinion? Right? Okay. And why did these people beat me? But too many people stop there and they don't ask those questions. They don't go. Well, shoot, if I get in front of a million people, all they think of is I have to be in front of a million people. Well, first of all, no one says it has to be at once. It can't be one-on-ones. It can't be a million people over 10 days or 20 days or 30 days. It can be a million people over 365 days on Instagram for all I care. You've got to get in front of people. And only one avenue of getting in front of people, like Instagram, is not enough. And you have to understand the difference between untapped versus saturated. And find the middle ground there so you can stand out. Going back to the intimidated thing, nobody intimidates me today. Yes, I do. Period, end of story. Yeah, only you, Joe. Only when you glare. Okay. <laughs> and the reason why is because growing up for me, my father intimidated me the most. I didn't realize it then, but now he coached some of the top people in, in the world's most known organizations and, and continued to be that competitive. And there was two standing rules in our house. One was doesn't matter where you live, the biggest room will always be room for improvement. And the second one was good enough is never good enough. And if you can't live with that, then get over it because it's not going to kill you. I can remember being four years old and being at my dad's office folding paper airplanes and flying paper airplanes for like two hours off the balcony and finally going into his office and going, Dad, I'm bored. And he goes, you're bored? Oh, I must have picked up the wrong kid from the hotel because if you're really my kid, you, you're not, you couldn't be bored. And so it's always about, there's always something new that you can come up with. There's always something new that you can, you can push through. And if you accept good enough is good enough, once again, going back to what I said 10 minutes ago, victory defeats you. And if you're not going to be a lifelong learner, if you're not going to go ahead and look for the next best thing, and you're not going to continue to push through it, then you will fall into one of these three excuses categories every time. And if you can't accept the realities of your choices, which is the third, you know, the first excuse category that I, I said, which is your lifestyle choices. If you don't want to go live in the city, but you still want to be the best, you have to understand it's going to be a longer road in certain areas. 
right? Obviously, you're not going to be the best farmer in the world if you live in downtown Chicago. You're not you're not going to farm 7,000 acres like Jason over here is in, in Kansas. Okay, I hear 7,000 acres and I'm going, holy crap, right? I do 12 and it kicks my ass. And then I said to Chris too, or later this afternoon, well, you know what? 7,000 wouldn't be so bad if you don't have to move water because I'm a special kind of stupid and I live where it doesn't rain, except for this year, right? And we have to move pipe and water and everything else. But but these are choices. It's a choice of where I want to live. It's a choice of where I want to be. It's a choice of what I want to do. And if I want to be competitive in that choice, you have to understand some roads are going to be longer. And some roads sometimes don't lead to X. You'll never get there being in some of those choices. And that's something that you have to be realistic with yourself and saying when you're making these decisions. And a lot of people, when they make decisions and start on their path, never think about this stuff until they're into it six, eight, a year, six, eight months, a year into it. So, you know, that's just the way the world works. There is no rule book to life. One of my favorite movies is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And that is because of the quote where he says, it's never too early, or in my case, too late, to be whoever you want to be. Then he continues to say more, and he basically says, if you don't like it, change it. Because life is just an evolving book. And we go ahead and we, we develop all these things over time. And Chris did say, too, that you can go ahead and lie about skill and technique. However, in my opinion, the people that are in their industry know the technique and know the skill. That's when you can see through the bullshit. Because you can't fake reality. Ben, thank you for thank you for the accountability. As we start to wind up this episode of the Small Business Roundup, I'm going to summarize um, kind of what kind of what Ben said by um, maybe not a well-known Australian philosopher, but he he said this: "It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll." Angus Young, ACDC. That's right. That's how we sum this up. As we as we go ahead and leave CJ, Jason, Ben, Joe, and myself, I want to give you each an opportunity to give your two top uh, pieces of advice to overcoming intimidation. Shall go, CJ. Okay. Overcoming intimidation. Um, use it. Use it like a superpower you're intimidated by someone look at what they're doing right and learn from it and make yourself better number one and number two evaluate your own heart if if you're intimidated by someone is there something that you feel like you're not doing for yourself potentially that would lead you to you know from the outside look you know from the inside looking out you're intimidated because your your heart maybe is not going in the direction you want it to go in. So evaluate that too. For overcoming intimidation, it's a mindset. Intimidation is nothing but what's in your head. If you're intimidated by somebody, you choose to be intimidated by somebody. And that's just the way it works. Whether you want to believe it or not, that's the truth. And if you're looking for a way to battle that, then like I've said before, Last season in the Small Business Podcast, 
if you're not your biggest critique when you look in the mirror, then you're doing something wrong. Because the only reason that you're worried about being intimidated is because you're worried someone's going to critique you worse than you do. Joe. My two words of advice would be to stop looking out um, and look in and to stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Jason. Like Ben said, intimidation is in your head. I've never really been afraid of anything. I mean, I was, so it's hard for me to say, but I never compare myself. I look at someone and say, I can't, my horses don't ride like that. Then I'm going, I'm not that. I am me. Be yourself. And then you're not intimidated in my books. Uh, be yourself. I am me. Seriously, that it's as simple as that. I am me. As a photographer, you have a style inside of you already. You learn to develop that over time. Um, it's not something. It's not something that you get from somebody else. It's something that you get as you go out and you apply that hand to the camera and you shoot and you shoot and you shoot and you shoot. The other thing that I would say is this, and I, and I would go back to a couple years ago when I was out here on Perry Quarter Horses, your learning as a photographer is finite. You will learn the technical side of photography and, and if I'm being brutally honest, it hasn't changed that much since the first cameras that were developed. We still use light and we still use patterns of light. We still use directional lighting. Exposure is exposure regardless of the camera that you choose. When I came out here a couple years ago, uh, we were driving around CJ, Jason and I, and, and it, it was, it's thinking back, it was a mad dash is what it felt like. We were out here for a weekend, but it felt like a mad dash. And when we got done, um, we were editing the images in their kitchen, sitting down at the kitchen table and Jason was standing behind us. And, and there was this picture that I took of him. And I, and as I recall, he, he had his horse with him. He was kneeling down, kind of squatted down on, on a ledge out by their bluffs. And he said, you know what? I I've lived here all my life and man, that picture right there, that, that shows my soul right there. And, and it was just a off the cuff. It wasn't like he was sitting there studying the images or anything like that. But in my last piece of advice for overcoming in, intimidation is listen. Listen to what people have to say. It's not about what other people are doing. It's not about the other Western brand photographers. It's not about what they're doing. It's about what you're doing with the clients and customers that you have. And you just simply won't do superior work if you don't care. And caring starts with listening. Joe, Ben, Jason, CJ, thank you for joining us on this special edition of the Small Business Roundup. With that, you guys, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Look forward to another one here in the next couple of weeks.